You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is another episode where I talk with the representative of the political party uh, to inform you, my dear listeners, outdoors people, what political options are the best, really, for activities you do. Um, because that's how democracy works and how the podcast works is that I want you to get informed. So, again, the disclaimer is uh, I'm not trying to convince anyone for one or other political option, and rather I just try to ask questions that are relevant for outdoors people, get the answers, and let you to decide. So our guest today is Pippa Hackett from Green Party. She's a Green Party councillor, and she's also a spokesperson on agriculture, food, forestry, heritage, and animal welfare. So probably the perfect person to talk about Green Party and Green Party's approach and uh, plans with relation to various issues that are affecting outdoors activities. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pippa Hackett. Pippa Hackett, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for doing this. Uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's a second podcast of the series, I hope, when we can talk about uh, um, how political decisions are affecting outdoors people and what they love and what they do. Mm -hmm. It's been great success in the recent uh, elections for Green Party. Absolutely, yeah. It's been uh, unprecedented, really. I mean, we heard about this green wave, you know, mm -hmm. sweeping, I suppose, throughout Europe, you know, mm -hmm. for the last number of months. And um, it certainly swept over Ireland this, you know, this last since can, the European and local elections. Can you, can you describe the the size of that success and like how how big that is compared to the what, what was happening before um well i suppose in ireland we in our in a local sense we have um quadrupled our numbers of local councillors mm -hmm. um so that's you know quite a sizable you know, increase for, for our own party. Um, we've also got two um, member, um, two European members elected, mm -hmm. which is, you know, out of three, we only ran three, and to get two in is just really wow. fantastic, you know. And I think I think it really sends out a message from, from the people of Ireland that, you know, they are embracing sort of a greener way of thinking and mm -hmm. maybe a greener way of living. And um, I think it's very positive. Yeah, and you've been elected yourself. Yes, I Is got... Is it like a first time? Yeah, it was my first time to run. Um, it, um, I ran in County Offaly in uh, the local area, was the Eden Dairy local area. Um, I took the last seat. It was uh, fairly nail-biting stuff towards <laughs> the end. But, you know, I'm in now and mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are really surprised that... 
you know, somebody from the Green Party could ever get elected in Offaly. So it's great. <laughs> Does it feel weird? Uh, it's still a little weird, still a little <laughs> bit fresh. Um, you know, I'm I'm quite au fait generally with, mm-hmm. you know, politics and the mm-hmm. political, you know, realm in Ireland. Yeah. Local politics is a little bit different. I was mm-hmm. probably more of, more aware of how the national politics works um, just because we had, you know, I was involved with the TDs we have and I've been the spokesperson person on agriculture culture and food and mm-hmm. forestry and heritage so, and animal welfare that'll all the, do there's all the things i want to touch yeah on today, so, so um yeah so you know very much i suppose from a rural perspective it was great to get elected yeah yeah it's great and you're 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 outdoors person yourself yeah well what are the pursuits what you how you enjoy well i suppose mainly at the moment i run mm-hmm. um I run, I run competitively as well as for, you know, clearing my head Mm -hmm. and, uh, just getting out there, um, outdoorsy. Otherwise, I mean, I used to do a little bit of cycling, Mm -hmm. um, um, but I, the running really took over. Um, I found that. Is it because like it's, it's more accessible? You don't have to put all the things around you. you yeah, I think it was more accessible. You could do I could do it with my kids mm-hmm. in a safer way as well. I, yes. Actually, every time I went out on my bike, I actually expected to die. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> I live, you know, I live in rural Ireland. We have small, narrow mm-hmm. roads, and even if you go onto the main roads, yes. it's it's terrifying. I've you know I, I've a lot of respect for cyclists. It's 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 you not know, easy it, out there. It can it it can be a problem. You know, um, I think that Ireland is fairly, like Irish drivers are fairly civilized and, and friendly, here I say it. Not mm-hmm. saying that this is like all rosy, but, you know, compared to different parts of Europe, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's quite good. But yet, yeah, narrow roads can be... Yeah, I don't think our roads are really designed Mm -hmm. terribly well for any outdoor pursuit, whether it's running, but cycling in particular, I think, you know, some of those, even if you get passed by a lorry, you know, traveling at 100 kilometers an hour, Mm -hmm. you you feel the the drag. It's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) So running, at least you can jump into the the verge, Mm -hmm. dive into the hedge. You can't really do that on a bike. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, you have to, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it's a it's a good moment and like a, a good a good good pivot now into uh, we, we you, that that particular issue. Is there anything that Green Party or you in particular have any any initiatives that could help that situation with cycling and promotion of cycling and like like a cycling routes and anything like that is is that something that is high on the agenda or is it somewhere in the agenda or like how um it would be pretty high on green party agenda particularly Mm -hmm. in urban settings um Mm -hmm. you know if we can get more people you know cycling and on bikes that means hopefully there's less people in cars so Mm -hmm. from a a perspective of um, emissions alone carbon Mm -hmm. emissions you'd be lowering that um also then there's the, the sort of health benefits and especially if children can get involved kids can cycle to school rather than the parents driving them that's a that's a hugely benefit to Mm. to not only the environment but just their their lives um i would like to think um even outside of urban areas um you might have 
any you know planning in you know new road designs say around yes. rural towns for example you could have um that they would factor in maybe cycle lanes walking pa- you know paths al- along mm-hmm. with it i mean i drove around um kilkenny city there you know i go around it fairly frequently but you know even the ring road around it they factored in a cycle lane and a walking you know mm-hmm. running path if you like so it's mm-hmm. it's segregated from the from the road and yet you're sort of out on the outskirts of the city and you've got this space. Um, whereas if you look at, I know Tullamore, my quite a big town near close to me, it has a ring road also, yes. but there's no such um, mm-hmm. facility or no such, that wasn't factored in. So, you know, perhaps down the line or, you know, yeah. had there been more of a green voice on the council mm-hmm. when that decision was made, if there was a planning, you know, mm-hmm. aspect to it, you know, that might have happened. Do you feel like like other political parties kind of getting into the area traditionally reserved for a green party? Because it's like, you know, it's a green wave and mm-hmm. everybody thinks green. So now everybody starts talking about the things that I would imagine that you guys were talking about for a long time. Does it feel like... Oh, what's going on? Um, I mean, in one sense, it should be welcomed because it would be great if, if you know, if the broader political uh, spectrum or sphere would would you know engage in more green views and mm-hmm. green thinking. Um, there is a sort of certain skepticism there that it's just. Uh, words you know it's yeah. a green wash of sorts and it mm-hmm. looks good and it sounds cool to say you're green and you're mm-hmm. all about recycling and all of these mm-hmm. things but if you don't actually follow that up with some sort of active policies in mm-hmm. the area especially for the from government parties you sort of have to sort of think well do you really <laughs> are you really green yeah. you know so, so i think so i think you know it, it it if if it were very proactive if they were you know about their views then i i think that would be welcomed i don't feel that we're like jealous or they're stealing right. our clothes as such but you know if they're going to use the green angle and sell the green message and not actually live up to it then I think that's yes. uh, that's the problem that's a, that's a, that's a good point that mm-hmm. on the one end it's, it's good it's mm-hmm. like hey you're welcome but on the other hand um, you have like a better credentials like we've been talking about this for so long absolutely like, yeah so, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah no definitely and i think it's um you know even in ireland the green party was founded in 1981 mm. um, i actually happen to live next door to the founder of the green party oh, yeah right. so um it's christopher fettis he's uh, 82 i think if i give him his right age so he's you know even back then the issues you know that he felt were important and that's why you know he formed the party are are Mm -hmm. still very much here you know 30 odd 40 years later nearly you know and that's sort of frightening in one sense but maybe Mm. maybe maybe change is happening are are those issues like a more you know they're more severe oh they must be yeah definitely i think and i think we're definitely more aware you know he was probably before his time in ireland Mm -hmm. maybe you Mm -hmm. know about you know green issues and environmental issues where now it's really in our face usually that the founders of certain movements and things are kind of ahead of their time they kind of see things coming yes and they're starting at the head and then other people kind of say, oh, this is was it. Let's yeah. do something about mm-hmm. it. And then there is already movement or organization and stuff. That's yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think, um, and I think that's very much a green sort of thing mm-hmm. as well. We look f- 
to the future and quite far into it. You know, we're not we're not just sort of election cycles or you know four years time. We're looking at ten, and fifteen, a- and twenty years time, and that's hard to sell. You know, that's a hard yes. sort of sell sometimes to people who are maybe just worried about their jobs or mm-hmm. their homes or their mortgage payments or mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a hard one, but it, yeah. it's vital really. I think that's one of the things that. It's perhaps the advantage of the Green Party that so clearly defined agenda and focus. Um, yes, and I think that's one of the things we've been credited with of late that we have never, we've not drifted away from our mm-hmm. original sort of fundamental ideas and I, you know, philosophies, and yeah. that has stood to us. It, it's yeah. you know we've sunk because of it in mm-hmm. times gone by, and now mm-hmm. it's. You know, it's coming to the fore sticking again. So we're sticking, yeah, we are sticking to our guns because we, we think it's important. There's, there's a lot of, there's obviously, we're going to touch on a lot of subjects today on, on, the, on, the, on the podcast. But there's a one thing in particular that I want to get out of the way on the, at the very beginning. Um, as a part of the podcast, I'm talking a lot about how people need to cooperate to protect the nature, to protect the outdoors, to protect the wildlife how they need to work together rather than bash heads and so on and so forth so forth and i found there is a a lot of unease particularly in the hunting and angling community towards green party which i think is kind of like a fundamental issue because on one hand hunters and anglers should be or are or should be natural allies for protecting of the environment, protecting of the habitat, having a lot of wild animals and, you know, healthy rivers, salmon runs, deer in the woods, you mm-hmm. know, wolves, bear, what have you. On one hand, that they're, 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 they're like natural allies. On the other hand, they're kind of not so sure about whether Green Party is a good option for them because also Green Party tends to attract a lot of people who are, you know, label them as animal lovers, mm-hmm. you know, you know, stop all the shooting, stop all the angling, don't do this, don't do that, and so on and so on. And I think it's a it it would be a major loss if 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 that if Green Party couldn't top tap out to the potential of, of, of those people. So could you tell me what what's a what's a position of Green Party on especially hunters and angling, hunter and angling community and how they are perceived as a as a stakeholders in the outdoors and in nature and, and so mm-hmm. on. Um, no, it's a it's a good question. It's it's as you say, it could be sort of perceived as sort of d- divisive in a way. But I think mm-hmm. it's um, I think uh, if you look at the Green Party policy in terms of sort of animal welfare, we don't actually you know pinpoint out hunters or anglers at all. You know, we were more about the welfare of a, a particular any particular animal, and if any sort of situation causes undue distress or pain or fear or any mm-hmm. of those then we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be in favor of that so mm-hmm. for example like fox hunting or mm-hmm. um, you know um, hunting for with hounds to chase an animal down to eventually mm-hmm. kill it we would we wouldn't be supportive of that and mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. from from a perspective of conservation mm-hmm. or management I don't think it really serves any function mm-hmm. you get the arguments on both sides yes. you know the hunters will say oh, we hardly catch any foxes mm-hmm. but then they'll say oh it's necessary to control the numbers so you know, yes. Which is it? Yes. Um, I think in terms of angling and um, and sort of shooting, I suppose you know mm-hmm. if it's uh, the. I mean, I think we engage with anglers well, as you say, they 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 mm-hmm. they report to us or to, to to government and to different uh, groups on like water quality. You know, 
they were one of the first people to notice a downturn in in fish numbers or types or you know and, that, and that's very important and you know um they've had um you know so they'll they, there's valuable inputs there and also probably from from sort of um i suppose field you know hunting or shooting yeah. you know if, if numbers this are downturn what, you know there's a funny line there you know mm-hmm. if you're breeding a whole bunch of pheasants to let mm-hmm. loose to shoot them then yes. that's a bit weird but if you're you know if you're controlling numbers mm-hmm. legitimately and humanely mm-hmm. it's all about being humane at yeah. the end of the day then you know i think there's a role there yeah. perhaps and you know, I'm, I'm really not after going into a particular issue mm-hmm. right because i i feel like on both sides there's a lot of work to do mm-hmm. on, on the side of hunters and anglers on the high on the side of you know conservationists you know nature nature lovers for the for, mm-hmm. for, the, for that for, for one of a better term there's a lot of work on both sides so i don't particularly want to dive into you know this or other activities yes. but i'm more interested in whether green party recognizes those people as a stakeholders in in kind of benefit in, in improving nature and, and everything else because this is kind of like I, I speak to a lot of scientists for example and they said exactly what you said like these hunting only communities they usually boots on the ground mm-hmm. they see Absolutely, they, they yeah. are the first to see the change mm-hmm. they are the first to see the the change in salmon run yes. or water mm-hmm. quality or you know grass or what's happening in the woods yeah. there's more birds less birds and so on and so forth so what would you say to people who are hunters or anglers who are kind of you know saying like oh these are greenies they're not really like do you have any argument to kind of convince them that that this is actually we we all doing the same thing we have the kind um, of same thing yeah well I, I would agree with you that they they are stakeholders definitely and and you know potentially valuable ones because they they have that connection with what they do i mean i i'm a farmer myself you know mm-hmm. um and my husband's a farmer so i think you might there might be a, a discrepancy between a sort of a, a rural person view rural green view if you like than, than maybe an urban centric view that who, you know who might not have experienced mm-hmm. urban life or any of those things but I mean you know fishing is a is, is the old one of the oldest sort of things man has done it's a bit like farming so it's mm-hmm. almost a relationship between farmers and the green party and mm-hmm. you know hunters and fishermen mm-hmm. and or, or anglers and the green party as well there there, there has to be a, a, a connection there there has yeah. to be a conversation there and there has to be respect on both sides and I I think mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really uh, have any issue with mm-hmm. anything that just as long as nothing's been overly abused or yeah. and I don't even mean an animal there. I mean, mm-hmm. just the, the, the resources yes. or the stock or whatever, yes. you know, as long as we don't overfish an area, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're not against fishing, but we're, we don't like overfishing. You know, we're mm-hmm. not against we're not the least bit against farming, but we don't like, say, industrial farming where mm-hmm. animals are all packed in, in mm-hmm. indoors, for example. Yes. So they're those sort of so I suppose once once the the, the happy medium is kept then I yes. think yeah everyone should be able that's, to engage a, and, and discuss that's a bit that's, that's the main thing right mm-hmm. it's, it's finding happy medium in, in, in like you said taking the view of the entire habitat of the entire mm-hmm. population that's a that's a that's a big thing and and I'm, I'm quite quite relieved I must say to, yeah, to, 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 yeah. to hear to hear that uh, because like there's a, there is a, a lot of people who have this opinion like well okay if Green Party has their way you know hunting and fishing and it's all gone mm-hmm. and we all will no, be you know no. forced people, to farmers go, think some yeah, farmers think that too are going to vegan yeah. and like all that yeah, so, yeah. so that's a and that's a good moment now to move on into onto farming as well and 
could you tell tell us for for our listeners now what is the uh, view on on farming because then again obviously i also talk a lot of with with farmers and like you're a farmer yourself mm-hmm. that this just so happens that a lot of people who are in the outdoor space they're either farmers or they're kind of close to yes. to farmers because obviously farmers are landowners mm-hmm. and if you want to do recreational stuff outdoors you're probably running into you know land access issues and so on mm-hmm. and so on so what are the what are the uh so i've got back a little bit so when I talk a lot of a lot of people who are also in farming, they they tend to see kind of tendency of being you know anti-farming almost movement, and and then again I think there's a and obviously there's a lot of farmers who are supporters of green party, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people who then say like well you know it's every, everything against the farming you know don't do this don't do that and so on and mm-hmm. so on and having said that obviously there are unsustainable farming practices as well yes right so what are the policies on the green party and, and kind of approach to farming and how would you like this to be changed or managed mm-hmm. I suppose. Um you know, anyone who who cares to read, say, the Green Party agriculture policy, it really starts off with, we're really about trying to sustain that family farming unit, you know, which is very unique to Ireland. Um, The generational nature of farming too, you know, passing it down from, you know, parents to siblings, grandparents and further on that. Again, that's quite unique in Ireland and Mm. we're very much about maintaining that. And we, the way we see that's best to do that is to obviously that the land is managed and farmed in a very sort of um, Oh, sustainable for want of a better word you know mm-hmm. but a, a way that's viable and it, it's that three-way viability it has to be sort of in, economically viable it has to be sort of socially viable and also environmentally viable mm-hmm. so if we can connect all those three and you know keep people on the land keep farmers farming fam- families farming then you know if we can do all of those then you know we would see the sort of the future of agriculture in Ireland as being quite quite safe mm-hmm. um at the moment i mean even i mean it's a very broad scale but if you look at like 100 years ago in ireland mm-hmm. there was like 340,000 farms you know nowadays we've got 140,000 now fair mm-hmm. enough it's slight it's plateaued off you know a lot yeah. but that sort of landscape of a patchwork of um of farms and fields and mm-hmm. small fields you know that that is sort of going you know even last year i saw yeah. you know hedges being removed you know, which I considered was illegal nowadays, but it yes. isn't really. There are ways and means around it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we wouldn't like that continued expansion of farm size, you know. And oh. if you like, you mm-hmm. know, we'd like to keep farms sort of sm- smallish but viable and, and keep it family as well, you know, keep yes. those people keep those people on the farm but I suppose it's all about how they how um the land essentially as you say farmers are landowners they own most of the land in Ireland probably so um it's how they manage the land is really what it comes down to and I think farming the future farming in Ireland and elsewhere but if we just focus on Ireland is it's always going to be about food but it's also going to be about how the land is managed and how it's used and there are other ways and means you know I think so and land management I suppose this is this is nicely connects because the land management is in my view at least and that's probably I'm making that statement on the podcast you know a hundred times already that for habitat protection and wildlife Mm -hmm. protection land management is a key yes because Mm -hmm. Even if you want to have more animals or more more diverse, you know, work on biodiversity, kind of reintroduce assemblage of the animals that used to be, so then there is also a question like, oh, but where? 
right? Mm-hmm. We need to have that land. Yes. We need to have a land somewhere. And so do you think that Ireland needs any, any reform of land management or like everything is good or maybe there are some, only some tweaks required? Yeah, I, I think perhaps it does. I think um, what you've highlighted there is, is very um, important because if we manage land for habitats and for a variety of species, if you yes. like, and, and a diversity of, of animal then we're actually doing what's best for the environment also. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're improving biodiversity, for example. We're probably improving carbon soakage because, you know, we allow sort of rough areas to, to be rough and we're not reclaiming land and draining mm-hmm. it to make just to grow grass or, or something yeah. else. So I think that's important. So I think, yes, the um, a sort of a land use strategy or some sort of, you know, plan like that would be very interesting and I, I think it would be very very useful for our country now whether it'll happen anytime soon I I, mm-hmm. I doubt it because we've such a mm-hmm. strong I suppose successive governments have been so sort of strong in promoting agricultural growth you know yeah. really at any cost to be quite honest you know they'll, they'll argue that otherwise but you know you know, we still have huge targets in terms of output to, to reach, you know, on our on our food policies or yes. food strategies. And and at the same time, we're missing our targets on, on climate emissions yeah, and yeah. biodiversity loss. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't it's, it's not the match is certainly not made in heaven. And until mm-hmm. I would say farming works with nature or with mm-hmm. the environment or it actually actively improves the environment then we're, we're on a slippery yeah. slope downwards yeah, yeah. and are you, are you of the opinion that the the sure way of achieving that is somehow being able to apply the value to the land or to the land use for the habitat or you know to apply the value to the wildlife whatever that mm-hmm. value is um, Rather than, you know, saying like, oh, if you're going to produce this many cows or milk, mm-hmm. this is your value, but actually you can have the same value. Or, because there is, this, is, this is not a done deal. Like a lot of uh, successful programs uh, around the world are based on that, right? We apply the value for the wild animals, for a habitat, mm-hmm. and then that way they're going to thrive. Yeah. But there is also a, a, a part of, of, of uh, kind of, uh, I suppose, supporters of Green Party or maybe ecologists more generally yes. saying, saying like, well, no, it's a bad way of, of thinking about it. We, we, we cannot do that always this way that we need to apply the value because there are certain things in life that you do, not necessarily because they're, you know, you will have benefit of it, you have mm-hmm. a value, and we should change the way of thinking. So yes. This is kind of difficult, which, which we're... we're yeah, um, I just, I think there has to be a balance there, really. You know, you can't have all one way and, and not another. So I think um, it's about sort of getting that, I think, that, uh, I suppose, diversity of, of land use, Mm-hmm. And and that farming can work around it, agriculture can work around it, and also that the that the 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 areas that we you know want were or the, the areas we protect can work around farming. I mean, ideally, it should all happen across the same board. I mean, that's probably not going to be that you know, but ideally, mm-hmm. we should have nice you know mixed swords grasses you know where we've got different animals could live mm-hmm. in them longer grasses you know mm-hmm. if we just have a you know 
at the moment, you know, farmers are encouraged to, you know, plant pretty much a single species, you know, maybe rye, grass, sward, yeah. you know, maybe with some clover, and that's about yeah. as exciting as it gets, you know. <laughs> Whereas there are farmers in Ireland who are embracing more of a complete diversity, sort of herbal bases mm-hmm. to their swords, and they get a much bigger, you know, much broader range of species living on their farm as a result, because mm-hmm. there's more food and cover and yes. all of those things. So I think... Um, I think there are ways and means around trying to um, get, get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think there's only drivers for that are policy-based mm-hmm. and, and kind of economical-based? Or is it like an element of education as well? I think education, yes, is important. And even, in fact, how education is, is, is provided. Um, there was a recent discussion on Twitter about mm-hmm. the, the new... Um, agriculture syllabus for secondary schools you know and there was a little mm-hmm. bit of criticism about how it is and it hasn't mm-hmm. changed much and I, I'm not familiar with it myself yet mm-hmm. so I can't really comment but um, you know how we educate the farmers of the future are important you know I mean I have a degree in agriculture and we I don't recall having any you know modules in biodiversity or anything like that now that's going back a few years you know it's yeah. 20 odd years ago but you know, I'd like to think it's it's moved on, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we we were re- regular sort of conventional farmers. We had um, beef and sheep, um, mm-hmm. suckler cows, and um, we we converted to organic farming about eight years ago. And it's only really now that it's really sinking in that it works. You know, we right. can see now that we couldn't imagine going back to, yeah. to conventional farming. But that took that's taken, you know, six, seven, eight years to really sink in mm-hmm. and actively doing it so you know when you look at the policies in terms of environmental schemes in this country they're most of them only last about five years you're sort of yes. in and you're out and then you're looking for the next That's one you haven't actually embraced and that that for me a policy should really be about affecting change in the yes. direction you want not just given a ball of money to to tick yeah. boxes and to do but this that and the other like a continuous kind of uh on the governmental level, continuous commitment. Well, you do, but I mean, you look at education in schools, you know, we don't change the syllabus every five years when the government goes out. You know, Mm -hmm. we sort of tend to keep the same sort of idea going, so there's no reason why they couldn't maybe do that in Mm -hmm. an agricultural policy sense. This is, again, one of the things that I heard before, that uh, even in the the programs to encourage farmers to plant native woodlands and Mm -hmm. native... and there's a program and the program goes for like you said five years yeah. seven years and there's something starting to happen mm-hmm. and then the program goes there's no money yeah. and the farmer goes in cuts yeah. the woods and puts the grass that sort of type it. of thing yeah you, you get a little bit of that and um which is such a you know really it's a waste you know mm-hmm. it's a waste of resources and that even that farmer's time mm-hmm. even though he's been sort of paid for it you would like it to last a bit longer or you know at least they see the value of it on their farm mm-hmm. And they think, well, that's good. I'm glad I planted those trees, or I'm glad I let that hedge grow, or I'm glad I reseeded that field to this type of so crop. Can you confirm or deny that there is something in works in Green Party headquarters in relation to land uh, policy and any changes on that? Um, or is it like too early? No, I, I think it's definitely always been, you know, it's always been sort of discussed. I mean, you mm-hmm. can probably listen back through interviews with Eamon Ryan, the party leader, and he's always spoken about a sort of land use Mm -hmm. strategy and, you know, how we need to look at how we use our land. Um, So I think it will definitely be something we will will have, you know, 
written up. Mm-hmm. And you've, you're expecting a lot of pushback from the farming community? I think it's the way you, you have to sell it. And I suppose you have to... Um, you have to be cognizant of their concerns also, mm-hmm. you know, but there are, there are, there are a lot of I me mean, you speak to, I speak to lots of, you know, smaller farmers like one-on-one and they're all very much, uh, they're not disagreeing with, you know, they're sort of, they're, they're frightened in one sense because change isn't, you know, it's not a big change. It might be radical to, to them, but I think, no, people don't tend to like change, but I mean, if, if it's done sort of gently and, and fair enough, and it fact, in fact makes their farms more profitable. That might be the best selling point of all, you know. Mm. And I do believe it would. I, I believe a green policy for agriculture would actually improve farm incomes significantly, mm. I would think, across um, most farms. Yeah. I would say most, most small farmers anyway, medium size. And speaking about uh, land and land use, what's the a, what's a position, the Green Party position, or maybe your position, on um, access to land for recreational use because then again one once one of the repeating themes right and this is part of why i wanted to talk to representative of, of different political parties because mm-hmm. there are certain themes in the podcast that are coming over and over mm-hmm. and i'm very curious like and so one of these themes is land access for hikers mm-hmm. for mountain bikers and you probably know that different counties they have their their recreational officers mm-hmm. who are working with farmers so they tend to you know agree to for public access yes. to a part of land or a path or something mm-hmm. like what's the what are the policies or plans for yeah um i'm not aware that we have a specific policy for for land access as such but i what i do know we did last year i think um um, I, su- I suppose amend part of our agricultural policy to include. Um, we we look at the sort of development of greenways, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. that's more, I suppose, you know, cycling, walking, running, whatever. Yes. But um, what usually happens in that is that the farmer or the landowner is one of the last people to find out about it. You know, they just get told, "Oh, by the way, we're going to put a greenway through your farm." <laughs> Whereas we we our policy on that or our motion on that was to farmers need to be brought in at the initial stage of that and they can actually help maybe you know yes. help with the the process but that the farmers should be first mm-hmm. um and that was actually brought in by a colleague of mine Roisin um, Garvey in, in County Clare she was mm-hmm. recently elected also but I mean very much a sort of hands-on like let's get the farmers involved in in yeah. doing that instead of just sort of telling them at the end because nobody really likes being told yeah, by the way especially if it's like it's my land yes exactly <laughs> you, you know and, and 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 how and, and in the policy also is to support farmers that if they need further payments or you know for fencing the area that they're mm-hmm. supported in that they're not just expected to do it you know or mm-hmm. so so i think there's there's way there's good ways and bad ways of, of doing mm-hmm. that sort of thing um in terms of actual access onto land for you know across fields and that, i'm not sure i mean we're farm owners ourselves and we're mm-hmm. we don't actually get that many where we are you know we're sort yeah. of off the beaten track a bit but um I know there's huge issues with sort of insurance and that that seems to be the problem. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't ban people from our farm, but we just don't see anyone really out on it either, you know? (laughs) But that's that's my... my, You're actually uh, nicely moved on to my next point because this is what I heard, that the the, the way the law is structured, that's a big problem because Mm -hmm. farmers are 
you know, they're afraid to be liable. That someone comes in, breaks a leg, and is like, oh, I'm going to sue you yes. because you're like, hey, I didn't invite you. Mm-hmm. And that creates a tension. Yes. Right? So I think, um, I think maybe the legislation should be maybe tidied up on that, that, you know, mm-hmm. people accept their own responsibility if, you know, that it's not... I mean, people might go onto somebody's land, as you say, uninvited or trespassing, if you want to use the strong mm-hmm. word, and, and mm-hmm. injure themselves, and still the landowner is liable. So it yeah. seems a bit uh, messy, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there something that you guys have in, in plans for, for, for that? Um, uh, not yet, as far as I know, but I mean, I'm sure it's definitely something we could yeah, uh, yeah, explore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just, mm-hmm. just, 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 green wave just happened, so this is yes. probably one of the things that you, well, that you will need to think. Well, about. that's it. I think in terms of, um, you know, because it's always good to have people outdoors. We're very much yes. in favour of that and get people. You know, there's a whole you know the array of information podcast. exactly yeah. you know but even you know for good mental health there's mm-hmm. data there suggesting you know exercising in green spaces yeah. or literally you know walking yeah. outdoors I is much that, better than on, in a gym at least like a two podcast where where we were talking about the benefits for mental health yeah i think it's for, pretty significant for, yeah. for, for, of the outdoors i'm just going to touch on one more thing with relation to farming and this is we're going to move on then so that one last thing is you mentioned Uh, earlier that you really not that much in favor of kind of connecting the the, the farms and making like a big farms mm-hmm. more and so does this not make the making any policies or any changes whether with regards to change of access and, and law or whether it's with relation to you know habitat protection or rewilding or whatever else so much more difficult if you have these very small you know farms and one farmer here one farmer there you have so many stakeholders to you know work with so i almost like in my head it's like well it would be much easier to have a like a, almost like a rancher types yes folks who owns and, and thousands saying, of hectares yes you know and what i'm saying is is, is a very successful uh conservation program in Argentina I mm-hmm. think I think it's in Argentina in South America anyway yes. where um, non-governmental organization they can buy a land from a rancher and because those ranches are so big it's such a, even one purchase is such a big impact on the habitat and everything mm-hmm. because it's so vast yes. amount of land so now when you said like oh you know we kind of promoting and supporting these this local farmers mm-hmm. family little then that probably will make that task so much more difficult because you have so many stakeholders. Well, possibly, but again, I think that could be legislated for that, you know, they're, they're all either, you know, that they're, they're protected, you know, that mm-hmm. it's not, you don't, that an individual or a group wouldn't have to necessarily, I mean, fair enough, they might contact, you know, 10 landowners mm-hmm. and saying, can we hike across your farm, for example, but... Um, I think if the legislation were in place to to provide ample protection for those landowners, they would be less inclined to say no. So yeah. I think you know I think, but I think you know from a biodiversity perspective, mm-hmm. I think the you're, I think you're inclined. Well, I think we would be more inclined to see sort of smaller farms, you know, because you're mm-hmm. more likely to have a 
you, you know, you don't have one farm with just one big field. You, you know, yes. a small, you know, even a small farm might have ten there's, fields. There's more We're, opportunity. I, I think so. Yeah, I think, and it might actually make for more interesting uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> explorations. You yeah. know, for for yeah. outdoorsy types. You know, yes. rather than Absolutely. just you know, you think of a big field and it's just got a boundary around the edge yeah. and not yeah. much in the middle. Yeah, you know? I mean, so like that I, that tends to what happens mm-hmm. when farms get bigger. They make their fields yeah, tend to have good, bigger. You know, that's a good so point because so, actually, what I had in my, in my my mind is like not necessarily one big field, but like a one owner of a Yes, yeah, well that's a yeah, but different what you're way, yes. Out now mm-hmm. is like, yeah, but then what tends to happen, they yeah. will take down the hedges, they will kind of yeah. Know, remove all the things that are separating those fields and make it one a little bit yeah because they're if they're going to be big they, mm-hmm. they need to have big machinery and they need to be okay. cost effective in terms of how okay. they manage the land so that's where it and comes this down is what to the policy of growth and bigger in a way yes drives. yeah it drives that because it drives a, a sector that needs to keep producing because when you look at Ireland, it's a it really punches above its weight in terms of say beef and dairy output. Yes. You know, we feed enough, we produce enough to feed something like fifty million people. You know, yes. there's only four or five here, but yeah. um, we're competing on a global scale at that you know we're competing against huge um like south american beef and we're competing against new zealand milk and Mm -hmm. if we're going to be competing on a price or you know you're going to run out of space soon you know what happens when the price drops you know so be a concern as well for for the sort of integrity and the the viability of farms if they continue to go that sort of route yeah you're slipping quickly into the model of subsidies well that's it i mean we are sort of there a bit anyway but i mean you can't Mm -hmm. rely on that forever either you know so yeah Mm -hmm. biodiversity we already touched on biodiversity can you lay it out for our listeners from the perspective of green party where you're sitting how how what is the history in ireland of the loss of the biodiversity why why we we in the situation we are now and what are the plans to fix that um, since obviously you're coming to and kind of having more and more power and mm-hmm. I, I believe yeah. you hope that the, yes. the coming elections will be as successful. Um, well I think I, I think Ireland is no different to a lot of countries either in terms of biodiversity loss. Um, I think, I mean even in my childhood you know, 30 years ago say I can remember things that were I'm from County Mayo originally but I remember mm-hmm. I remember different you know we could see newts or big dragonflies mm-hmm. you know lots of primroses for example mm-hmm. um, you know uh, curlews we, we had lots of curlews in Mayo when I was a kid you know and they're just not there anymore really you know and, and my endangered. absolutely you know so I mean that's a very iconic bird and it's on our coins or used to be you know and this sort of thing but you know those sort of very obvious ones in the corn crake I mean I speak to older people who have heard corn crakes you know I've never heard one you know mm-hmm. but you know yeah. those very obvious things that have you know clearly declined I think mm-hmm. the I mean you hear figures on the, our insect numbers I mean yeah. that whole windscreen phenomenon mm-hmm. you know we mm-hmm. very you know cognizant as a kid of those you know bugs yeah. all mashed oh, on yeah. our windscreen at night that's, and you know and hitting it but now you really don't get that anymore that's quite mm-hmm. a very striking thing you know and if you've no less insects then there's less food it's for scary. the next stage job oh, it is quite scary and i think i think biodiversity loss is is very um tangible to people you know because mm-hmm. they can talk to someone who remembers seeing that or yeah. there's less of that i mean even swallows this year seem a little bit less mm-hmm. 
I know maybe it's yeah. our rubbish summer, <laughs> you know. But, but do you, you know, think it's, comments... it's kind of driven through the through the through the policies, like some lack of of uh, policies in place? And, well, and... I think it ultimately must be because I mean they mm -hmm. do tend to. I mean, I know there's other industrial problems as well, but they do mm -hmm. tend to point the finger a lot at agriculture for for those particular losses. I suppose mm -hmm. if they are the main mm -hmm. landowners and biodiversity needs the land, you know, we don't yes. have too much biodiversity in our mm -hmm. cities, for example. So we do mm -hmm. need rural countryside areas, and um, I think I think the hedge losses has been huge over the last say hundred or hundred and fifty years. I think mm -hmm. it's been quite significant, um, and there's that general. Uh, I suppose um, apathy to it. I think it's not as yeah. much now, but you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, people wouldn't really have thought twice about biodiversity. I mean, yeah. it was hardly a word that was mm -hmm. commonly spoken of. Mm -hmm. I mean, most people wouldn't know what it meant, you know, but yes. now we hear it all the time, every day. Yes. So, but you know, I think, I think definitely policies that have been in place, maybe not through, not directly set out to destroy biodiversity, but it's indirectly has, has caused that. Yeah. And I think that if you want to improve biodiversity, then you need mm -hmm. to put the policies in that, mm -hmm. that do that. So, so what, what, what is, what are the policies that you, you have in, in kind of in works or? Well, again, I mean, you're, I suppose, yeah, I suppose yeah. again, you're looking at, um, you're looking at aspects of like, what does biodiversity mean and what does it need? You know, mm -hmm. so if we, if we're looking at, you know, if it's birds and bees and insects and that we need to provide them with the, the food and the home and the shelter to do mm -hmm. that. So again, you're looking at sort of planting a variety of plants, I suppose. You're looking mm -hmm. at maybe looking at a, a shift away from sort of chemical inputs into our lands, you know, like yes. pesticides as well. I mean, you know, there is the argument, oh yeah, Roundup doesn't kill bees, but it kills the things that bees want, need to eat, mm -hmm. you know, or need the food to, you know, and that's the point. Yeah, and that's a that's a that's so, a good point. And then, and again, this goes a lot of to education because even if you see like on the estates, right, there is mm -hmm. a there is a green area, and then there is a you know a lot of money goes into pay the guy who goes in and sprays poison yes, onto that green area. Yes, it's like, yeah. hey, why are we doing this? Yes, actually, yeah. so that that probably also goes to to education of people and saying like, well, maybe. That's not a good well, idea. I think that, and you see, even the way the tidy towns sort of um, set up has developed. You know, yeah. twenty years ago, tidy towns was about that was spraying every weed and mm -hmm. cutting the grass to an inch high and everything yeah. neat and tidy. And now, now yeah. the tidy town sort of um, movement has shifted towards sort of uh, pollinator biodiversity friendly. So you have sort of rather more untidy doing mm -hmm. the finger thing there yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> untidy places winning awards because they're they're being judged on a different mm -hmm. uh you know on a different scale now so yeah. they're being judged for their pollinator friendly plants and yeah. their their overgrown areas and that's so surely that's something would you, you would count as that green wave on, on uh, i think so that would have helped yes i think mm. so and um I, and i think at the end of the day farm farmers and landowners have the biggest mm -hmm. um the largest um, uh, way of, of, of improving that you know yeah. they they have that the, they have the land and the land and is what you, we need do you think that what happened that the penny dropped what was that 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 if, is that the changes become so obvious that people start to notice them or is it were because of a you know few people who are you know, desperately so screaming about those issues, and I find. Are you talking about the green wave, or or just? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like in the terms, like you said, like you know, nobody, nobody was really talking yeah, about yeah. biodiversity. Nobody was really talking about the pollinator grass, and now. Yeah, I think um, I think it's probably a mixture of a few things. I think the whole. 
I mean, I sort of, I sort of tend to, I mean, people tend to talk like, let's talk about climate change, or let's mm-hmm. talk about biodiversity, or let's talk about this, you know, or, or, or soils, or let's talk about farming. They, they tend to talk about these pockets of things, you know, yeah. instead of, it really, it is the whole, the whole, the whole, the, the, the lot of them really need to be spoken about in one sort of conversation, because they all affect each other. But I think in terms of people's views, I think, um, uh, there's been there's been a lot of coverage over sort of plastics and waste in the mm-hmm. last you know f- three or four or five years you know you know expensive TV documentaries on it I think mm-hmm. biodiversity loss has again it's been brought to the fore the whole climate change aspect mm-hmm. um, is big as well so I think there's been a lot of major sort of um, coverage if you like media coverage and, mm-hmm. and people are just so much more aware I think off off those issues and if you want to deal with any of those issues you really have to follow a, a greener policies definitely mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's, that's so now we we get to the big one which is climate change right you, men, you mentioned that um how that how that situation look like in in your view or in the, in the view of green party like, in the know? world or in Ireland or well, do, uh, every or whichever, whichever yeah. way you want to mm-hmm. you want to start tackling that. Um, it's so big. I think I mean I think anyone who who's fully sort of embraces the whole problem sees it is a huge problem. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, countries like you know Ireland and you know developed countries are probably relatively you know climate proof because we have wealth and we we don't live in low-lying coastal regions we don't live in particularly stormy areas mm-hmm. you know but i mean if you live well, in, i don't know about that well i know that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we had we had our fair share i suppose yeah over the last number of years but you know but i mean it's it's oh it's a, i mean it's a huge uh it's a huge tragedy for our planet i think and and it's a, going to be a huge human tragedy. You know, if you live in somewhere like Bangladesh or somewhere, you know, you're just, you're, you're doomed, really, you know. And, and there's a lot of people, poor people, who are, um, cannot remove themselves from maybe where they live, um, don't have the, the wealth to, to oh, yeah. avoid it. And I think there's definitely, you know, it's all great Donald Trump, you know, saying I'm coming out of the Paris climate, you know, agreement and I'm going to do my own thing. But I mean, that guy's a billionaire. He's never going to be affected by climate change, yeah. you know. And I think there's a lot of people who are, you know, I don't know what the figure would be, but I'm sure yeah. there's some sort of uh, materialistic figure there that you, you're going to be safe, whatever happens, because you've got the money and you've got mm-hmm. the means and you can move. But if, you, mm-hmm. if you're below that level, you, you yeah. know, and that's, I think that's the, that's, worth you know sharing with people that it's it's not you know i mean we have to deal with it ourselves in terms of you know there are changes in in our climate and the Mm -hmm. temperature changes and and extremes of weather and Mm -hmm. even outdoor people and farmers are going to have to adapt to that to that um but then we also have the obligation to mitigate it and to uh, to deal with that yeah farmers Mm -hmm. get hit then you know like them being especially in Ireland, then being such a huge part of the economy, mm-hmm. then it will affect economy. Well, that's right? that's true, yeah, and it costs us then if we have to, you know, um, um, you know, support farmers yeah. or support people who've been so, affected. So what, so, what Green Party wants to do about the climate change and, and meeting our emission? 
Um, well, Do I you think, think this is that this makes sense to meet those emission goals? Because well, I think are, so. There are, there are people who are saying like, yeah, that's that's all all, all wrong altogether as well. Yeah. Well, listen, we've signed up to the agreements with you know the Paris Agreement, where you know we're obliged to or have been asked to meet targets which we're missing. You know, we're going to miss 2020's one already, and it's going to cost us a couple of million you know mm -hmm. euros worth of fines, mm -hmm. a couple of hundred million, sorry, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's going to I think that's set to rise over the next. 10 years if we don't, you know, in, in parallel with how far yeah. away we are from our targets. So, um, so it's going to cost Irish taxpayers money if we don't actually do anything about mm -hmm. it, you know. And it, there's three sectors, really. You've got your transport sector, you've your energy sector, and you've agriculture. They're the three main mm -hmm. sort of emitters in Ireland. And each one has a, a role to play and a, really a duty mm -hmm. of care to yeah. us as its citizens to to. to you know, mm -hmm. play that role. Mm -hmm. So in a way, you know, agriculture does get the, probably the thick end of the wedge in terms of, you know, criticism mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. um, That's interesting because on the one end, we already mentioned that the farming is, is, a, is a way to actually mm -hmm. address the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, like, oh, but you are the problem. Yes. Yeah. Farming is, is part of the problem, but I think it might, it could well have the best opportunity to be to be a solution, you know. Um, when you look at the other sectors, I mean, energy, where you are trying to decarbonize our our energy sector, move mm -hmm. away from fossil fuels, you know, increase mm -hmm. renewables. But again, that's that's a sort of slow burner, pardon the pun, you know, because yeah. people are reluctant, you know, and even the government's sort of reluctant. You know, mm -hmm. we were the first country to divest our public funding of, of fossil fuel companies but yet we're still allowing offshore drilling so yeah. it's you know it's steeped with sort of um, hypocrisy you know yes. transport again we're meant to be decarbonizing our transport sector and yet we've got um, I mean I live in County Offaly and if I'm going to Dublin I tend to go on the M7 mm -hmm. you know and they're widening that for more cars you know mm -hmm. so it's yeah. it's all very you know and then agriculture you know we're still pursuing a, a, a an increased production model, which is completely, you know, correlated with increasing our emissions. So you really have to ask the questions about the from the yeah. policymakers, like what what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, interesting. And on the energy sector, what what's your view on on renewables? Because there is a lot of like, oh, we need to move out from fossil fuels. We need to move to renewables. Um, and I personally, I don't see what renewables because obviously. Well, wind farms, right? Mm -hmm. Wind farms—they're not exactly beautiful on the landscape. Well, I, I, I personally, I don't mind them. I think you don't mind no, them. I don't mind them. No, I, I think they're. Um, I don't mind the the, the turbines themselves. Mm -hmm. I actually every week I, I organize a park run in Mount Lucas Wind Farm in County Offaly. It's, I think yeah. it's the biggest sort of you know. It's a one you can actually go on to. Most of them are closed, so you can yes. actually run around it. It's a great amenity. It's safe. Mm -hmm. It's off road. Kids are safe on it, and you can right. sort of almost get up close and personal to a but wind then turbine. Would be sad if we have every single no, mountain agree. in Ireland yeah. littered yeah. with. You well, know, true, and I don't think that will happen because I mean I think the developments will tend to go more offshore from now on you know where you've got a more consistent uh, wind flow but in terms of renewable I think most uh, your average biggish turbine I don't have the figures but I think after the energy that's used to create a turbine yeah. is you know is paid in the lifetime of the turbine is 25 to 30 times repaid you know yeah. so it's it's really a no-brainer even if you only you know it's it it, it produces far more than it costs to, to put up yeah. um, and it's um, wind is one of the best 
renewable sources yeah. because but the Germany failed with their program. Well they didn't, they didn't. I mean a lot of the ones I think in Germany and, and, and on the continent they looked at more from a community owned, you know, scheme. Mm-hmm. So the local community mm-hmm. gained from, from having you say a wind farm around them. Yeah. They all bought yeah, into no, it. Like well, in general as a country, mm-hmm. right, they have the the highest price of energy of the all yeah. the European okay, countries. Yes, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and they, they end up uh, kind of refurbishing and and starting the old coal plants that they already uh, retired because they just weren't able to provide so much. Well, energy. maybe they they weren't set up well enough to do that. And I know they want to move away from their coal yeah. and they're shutting. They're not doing the nuclear thing, you know. So they're moving yeah. away from that. So it's you know they're going to have to get their energy from somewhere, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's there's potential in solar panels mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I think you know. At this, at the end of the day, the fossil fuels will run out eventually if we keep mm-hmm. mining them. So then mm-hmm. what? You know, so we need to, and we need to leave those where they are. You know, because every time we burn yeah. a lump of coal or a bit of turf yeah, or whatever, we are releasing, the, a, and we need to keep that in uh, in our planet. You know, or in our in our ground. Mm-hmm. That's and that's not the big a good thing idea as well. To put all the yeah. Back into the yeah. No, because we'll have to try and yeah. get it out back out there somehow. But what's your view on on nuclear? Because it 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 seems like there's more and more people saying like, well, that's the way. That's mm-hmm. the only way we can actually power, you know, in a green way, mm-hmm. the 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 uh, humanity for the right. In gen- speaking in general, because like wind turbines, like there are issues with wind turbines, right? They're they're not all the people like them on yes, the landscape. Enough, enough, yeah. Migratory birds are getting you know minced in in those mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, solar, well, solar is like. Total. Works during the day. It's a, to- it's a total, <laughs> but yeah, but from the again from the nature and from the wildlife perspective, it's a total disaster, right? We have a lot of talk, and this is this is another thing that I want to touch with you about the uh, forestry, right? There's a lot of like, oh, we we doing all this Sitka sprouts, it's a mm-hmm. disaster. It it pollutes the waters, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. a, it's it's like really f- timber factory rather than any sort of. A, but at least it's green, right? Mm-hmm. Now imagine the this, this, this same. Uh, land being cleared to, to put the solar panels. Well, there. they can put solar panels on grass and you can graze sheep under them, you know. you can Under them? Yeah, they can. Oh, really? And you don't lose, actually, as far as I know, they we're trying to, um, I'm not sure what the, what the policy per se is on it, but I think mm-hmm. you still, it's still classified as agricultural land. That's a bit of a problem with farmers if they allow solar panels on their land. Uh-huh. Is the land still classified as agricultural land, you know? And I think okay. if it is, then, you know, but th- that that's besides the point. But yeah, you can graze sheep under solar panels oh. so it's actually a double so it is quite green very that? green that's, yes that's yes. yeah so they're you know they're slight they're not quite on the uh-huh. raised somewhat you know and then you've got all these roofs you know yeah. especially you know farm farmers yeah, have so lots of sheds kind of like a, okay, and even okay, you okay. build buildings you could stick them on top of this so there's a lot mm-hmm. of potential there and i think the price yeah. of the 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 cells themselves are coming mm-hmm. right down you know yeah. so it's not as expensive so, as so it going was. back for a second Sorry, so, yeah. so, so what's the deal with with nuclear are, are you guys um, are we are sort of i think on the whole we're probably um i, I you know we would have campaigned against nuclear because that was you, we saw the the mm-hmm. you know if anything went wrong it was a serious problem mm-hmm. you know and we've still mm-hmm. got you know you read things about chernobyl and any any, any disa- nuclear disasters mm-hmm. have been catastrophic for those it, areas it, it environmentally out, as well it, and for the people it turns you know out that there that they weren't i think that this is the strongest argument for a lot of uh, people on the green side now now campaigning for nuclear mm-hmm. energy that after these many years it turns out that the that the issues were not nearly as bad like and the chernobyl is a, is a one of the 
of the examples that this is this was like as bad as the disaster as it could be because there was like literally running reactor without any mm-hmm. you know and the predictions were about you know cancer and this and that and something else and none of that actually materialized there was a, like a big problem well at i the don't moment. know I, I but know in people. general it turns yeah. out to be not that bad and and that's as far as i'm concerned is one of the key arguments of people that are coming of coming back it's like hey that's actually cheap relatively clean you can produce a lot of energy mm-hmm. and you not don't need vast amounts of land to produce that energy because mm-hmm. that's a, that's a really the biggest problem with wind and solar you need a vast amount mm-hmm. of land that then it's not wildlife it's not any well maybe farmland yeah but, yeah i suppose i suppose the the main concerns with it are the, as you say, or as I said, as if there were a, a spillage or a leakage mm-hmm. or an explosion or a disaster yeah. there, and also you know the waste to deal with, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I suppose if all those boxes are che- checked and we know mm-hmm. it's perfectly safe and there's not going to be any leakage or mm-hmm. any emissions from it, then you mm-hmm. know it definitely has to be considered because if we run out of other options, yeah. um, but um, I think we're still you know. Uh, we need more sort of scientific mm-hmm. sort of proof t- mm-hmm. as to its, you know, mm-hmm. its safety. Really, it comes the, down to the safety at the end of the day. I think on the waste, this is an interesting thing because waste, like um, nuclear energy, is the produces the smallest amounts of waste because it turns out that after like ten years or twenty years of of producing energy, you can store all the waste from the nuclear energy in the one room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. You're not. But it's still nasty waste, you know, and there's waste, it's not ash out of a fire either, you know. Yeah, I know, but little, little but potent, you know, if it gets out (laughs) into the environment. I think that's, that's, you know, maybe we blast it all into space, I don't know. Space, like we let's, let's explore all the oral <laughs> problems. Outer space, yeah. outer space, yeah, it's very good. So, so in now coming back a little bit, so on the on the climate change, what are the plans for for tackling uh, climate change? Like like a, you know solid actions that that you guys have in 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 store. Um. Well, I mean. I suppose decarbonizing our 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 whole economy, but I suppose in terms of the energy, yes, we'd be having to you know adapt more mm-hmm. renewable energies, transport, um, definitely looking at more sort of public transport systems um, mm-hmm. where we're not reliant on cars. You know, obviously we need to support maybe electric vehicles, the mm-hmm. development of that. Um, I think that's particularly important for rural areas. I mean, yeah. Everyone thinks, oh, they won't last the distance, but they're fine. I know several mm-hmm. people with electric yeah. vehicles living yeah. close to me and they love them. It's the best thing they ever bought. Yeah. Um, you know, so that range anxiety yeah. people talk about isn't an issue. Um, you know, because, I mean, if you are in rural Ireland, you can't have a bus going up and down every little highway and byway. You know, you yes. need you will need your own. But in urban areas, definitely, they should be adopting more. I mean, they, I think there's mm-hmm. great examples around Europe. And you just need to look at the best ones there and bring them mm-hmm. on board. But I think, you know, I mean, I wouldn't. We were talking about cycling earlier on mm-hmm. in rural roads. My goodness, I would be terrified to cycle in Dublin. You know, yes. you just have you have a cycle lane, then it just sort of disappears. You know, do, and you're, know, there's a bus about you know, know six inches from you know. I it's remember just... two years when I when I when I when I two years ago and I get to Dublin and and we just driving down to Dublin and we see all those cyclists and mm-hmm. we just all passionate cyclists and we love cycling yeah. and we look at those cyclists and we like. This is not good. No. <laughs> you know, and there have been deaths, and I know I'm yeah. sure they happen everywhere. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's really not a city set out for cyclists. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the city. I mean, I was I was there yesterday in Dublin, not there very often. I had to drive because mm-hmm. I was going to a part that wasn't really accessible, and I had to get back to to mm-hmm. Eden Dairy for my first meeting. But 
even for driving, it was horrific. Oh, yeah. I don't even, it's, I don't know what it, you know, transport in Dublin is a nightmare. Unless well, you're just using the Lewis or something like well, that. But actually, to drive. driving is like in every city. I, I, well, I, I suppose, yeah, but cars aren't, shouldn't be in cities. You know, isn't that the whole point? It's more, not more, really more designed more for them. More and more moving that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Would that be something that you propose to, to get rid of cars from the city centres? Well, I, I, I think so. If you, but you can't, you can't just get rid of cars without putting something in place for mm-hmm. people to use. You know, I mean, we hear, I mean, you look at even all the car parks in Dublin mm. city centre, they're packed, you know, and I'm sure those guys, they want to keep the cars coming because there's a nice, you know, mm-hmm. income to be made of having a, like a green, seven like story. Green grass there. But I think, yeah, perhaps. But well, I think definitely, um, I think a move towards, uh, you know, um, public transport in mm-hmm. cities w- w- will yeah. have to be addressed, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, I live quite close to a train station in Port Arlington, which is really well servicing Dublin, you know. So yeah. you can live that far away and still be in Dublin in 45 minutes to yes. an hour, you know. So it's And then if you can in Dublin have like an efficient way of transport. Then uh, well, that's it, you know. So there's a lot, there's a lot of people do commute you know mm-hmm. but um it's i think i don't think it's rocket science any mm-hmm. of these things but it needs that political will it needs you know the people what i'm to most concerned about when we talk like in general people not we but in general we we as general talk about transport elderly folks mm-hmm. this is what this is like elderly folks seems to be kind of left behind yes, always you yeah. know whether it comes to technology mm-hmm. whether it's true and there's a lot of elderly people who, who are driving their you know or old ford or yes. toyota mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, like, well, no, you can't. Go, yes. go cycle. Well, right? I know, yes, I, yeah. I, you I have, have to be reasonable and you have to be, yeah, you know, so practical is, about it mm-hmm. and, and, and accommodate, you know, yeah. whether, you know, you have a phased in something or other gives yes, people a chance yes, or maybe yeah. maybe certain sectors you don't ever ask to change, you know, because mm-hmm. it's beyond... Yeah, the, it's, yeah. It's, and it's, but, it's like how, how much of that is happening. Yeah, but I suppose you, the vast majority of people moving every day are, are in the workforce. They're they're going to, to and from a job, I, I'm mm-hmm. imagining. So I think... Um, you know they're the yeah, people you really yeah. need to be that's, that's yeah. the way forward mm-hmm. and do you do you think like what what do you think if you, even personally what's the time frame that we can do anything about it or do you think that the well, situation I mean, is so no dire i think i think you you can't give up and you have to keep trying because um but i think i mean time frame in terms of you know Seeing big fines or or you know oh. having to buy you know carbon credits i mean uh-huh. i mean there's they're talking of figures for 2013 just like 10 years time of like six billion i mean that's yes. that build three children's hospitals you know that's yes. that's so the cost of not actually doing this it's going to be expensive all right to to achieve all of these um you know mm. carbon savings along the, in all sectors but the cost of not doing it is going to yeah. be you know financially and then actually environmentally mm. and your future of your country mm. i mean you actually rule out people investing in ireland if we're not meeting targets because they're saying well i'm not going to invest in a country that's not actually making any effort or good enough effort to do that because it's going to cost me to maybe operate there you know i'll find the the pro because they're going to be looking for money exactly maybe i'll scan across and find the proactive you know yeah you know maybe scandinavian countries or something like that maybe i'll invest there because they're perhaps making more of a more of a there's a lot of um kind of worry that all those measures, all those you know, carbon reduction measures are going to hit the, the the poorest people the most, mm-hmm. right? What do you what do you say? Like, how how do you plan to? Because surely you, you thought about this, uh, yeah. and, and, and have some plans. Well, we not, because even you mentioned right, like uh, people who are wealthy, they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, yeah, whatever, exactly, yeah. And then and, and and that goes from a from a scale like a locally in in Ireland, but also like a globally, Absolutely, right? Like yeah. oh, mm-hmm. you know, all the developing countries in Africa. Well, now you don't you can't have all your energy. It's mm-hmm. like hey, yes, you've yeah. been benefiting from the energy mm-hmm. and all this pollution for 
for like hundred years, yes. and now mm -hmm. we want that, and we can't have it. Yes, right? and, yeah. and this is kind of this this mechanism. I suppose in in Ireland, um, we, we we've proposed a sort of a tax dividend. Um, I suppose a, a carbon dividend, where you would mm -hmm. pay everyone out a certain proportion, which will help them towards their their costs. You know, mm -hmm. so if you want to spend it on more carbon friendly, you know, fuel or whatever, then that's yeah. better. You get the so you get the you know. So we try to we've tried to address that sort of. Um, distinction between sort of you know poor people who might mm -hmm. be able to afford. So you're talking about this fear I, of the carbon tax. I suppose, yeah, a little bit that. And I, but you know you have to bring everyone along with you. You can't just uh, mm -hmm. protect one one sector ahead of another. And you know yeah. I think the Greens are quite strong on on that. You know on, on okay. being sort of fair across the board. Very much so, you know. So, sure. you know. So, so fair. Depend also scale that to, to capacity. Well, that's it. You know, because if you do, if you don't have because the, if you slap like twenty percent of everybody, yeah. Then it's well, like, oh. well, that, well, that's true. Or you you, ha you will have to you will have to um, angle it so you've 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 supported the ones who cannot afford it. Because I mean, if it, if you were you know if you're putting out grants to you know retrofit mm -hmm. your home and make it super insulated, if you just mm -hmm. can't afford to do that or mm -hmm. access the grant, you know, yes. you, it's unfair to be to to challenge challenge those people or to, to yeah. um, you know, tax them or whatever to yes. the same level. It's, it's just yes. not fair. So you, we mm. need to, that okay. needs a lot of consideration, you know, okay. we, we definitely, yeah. So it's but we're like just, very, just, just no, I don't know, not everyone, okay. no, because we need to be, we need to be very cognizant of that. And sure. as I said, sure. be fair and, and bring everyone on so, this green wave. Very good. So, so yes, so last question, oh. uh, just last, last question um, on... Um, forestry. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. So, what you what you're planning? What are you guys planning to do with forestry and all this uh, timber factories? Yes. Well, so, uh, yeah. I know. suppose our vision for forestry in Ireland, again, it would probably fit in with our vision for land use as well. You know, mm -hmm. um, but we feel very strongly that we should be following a sort of a continuous cover model of forestry. You know, okay, where so you, no clear cuts. No clear cuts, because I think they're just pretty much a disaster for everything, you know, mm -hmm. bar the bar the, the lumber mm -hmm. merchant who, you know, but that's fair enough. You can still get you can still get timber out of continuous cover. It'll take yeah. a bit longer from like zero to mm -hmm. when it's ready, but when it does when it is productive, maybe in mm -hmm. 50, 60, 70 year, 80 years time, you're 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 getting a constant, you know, flow yes. from it. I mean, I visited a family in Cologne the last two summers. My children have spent a you know a couple of weeks there, just mm -hmm. learning a bit of German and stuff. And it, it's it's in um, it's near a town near Cologne, but they're they they live in a forest. It's their forest. It's yes. a continuous cover forest. And it has a mixture of spruce and it has some broadleaf and a variety of everything. But it's a continuous cover model. So they just take you know certain percentage out every year. It self seeds, so you see yes. different ages. You know, I think the forest itself is maybe in around 100 years old. Mm -hmm. So there's very much quite mature trees and then there's a, the whole way along. That's 110 hectares. It's a big, big area. Sure. You know, for Ireland, that'd be a huge area of forestry. Right. But um, you know, on a farm, but um, it's it's a, it's a viable income. They they live off it, and it's you know they don't have to clear fell it. And there's yeah. there's wild boar there, and there's deer, yeah. and there's a variety of wildlife. But I suppose wildlife. the problem is that the, 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 what we have is it's like it's so dense. There's no wildlife there. Yeah, but well, so that's because it's grown purely as a commercial. Yes. Entity to be clear felled in 25, oh, okay. 30 years' time. So what time. you're saying is, like, it's, if we address the problem of clear felling, then there's no, no, 
no reason to plant those trees in that way. Yes, I think not. I think be slightly. I think I, you know, forests were naturally seeded themselves. You know, mm-hmm. over the hundreds of thousands of years. You know, they they, they weren't all planted. You know, they yes. just happened, and that was the diversity you got, and you got the great big oaks and the great, you know diversity of trees there um, so I think a shift towards that sort of a model of forestry also agroforestry which is where you plant trees in fields you know yeah. quite well spaced out but you, yes. you can graze animals through that yeah. and as those trees grow up and they provide shelter they stabilize the soil they help retain moisture it's you know it's flood defense as well but again that needs policy to support it I mean there are there are supports for that but again I think they should be a longer term you know for, for for the lifetime of the, you and know, these are the policies that you guys would those, be those sort of things we'd be for. very much pushing for. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic. and to move it's away. Fantastic. I know that you're stuck on time. So, is there any uh, concluding thought? Anything that you wish we spoke about, talk about, or or maybe just a you know mm-hmm. concluding thought on the, for um, our listeners. I think we've covered a fair range of, of subjects there. You, you threw a few at me. I wasn't <laughs> expecting the, some of the questions, but no, it's good to talk. And um, no, it's been very enjoyable. And, I, and thank you very much for the questions. And yeah, just looking forward to my own, um, you know, my own political career. Um, you know, I'm a councillor now and see what I can achieve at a local level. I'd love to, you know, apply a lot of these, you know, biodiversity pollinators through the council you know councils have roles to play yeah. in this too yeah. so i definitely you'll, will follow that up and see how do, well i get on you'll yeah. do well I'm i hope sure. so <laughs> i wish you good luck <laughs> thank good you very job. much thank you very much thank you You just listened to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. I invite you to take a moment and listen to one of the most recent episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.